You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. What's up? What's up? I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 190 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me as always is my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Um, okay. Uh, is that movie called Miracle on Ice? Is that what it's called? There is a movie called Miracle on Ice. Is that not it? Well, I was actually trying to quote the original Al Michaels voice from like 1980. Right. Well, some of us weren't around. <laughs> so naturally, but the it's only funny thing- that you referenced the movie, not the actual event that the movie depicts. Which is a great movie, by the way. Yeah. And I, the fact by that- By the way, I think that was very poor Al Michaels. That just didn't, didn't capture the essence of that moment. You should really work on your inner dialogue a little bit because I think it was fine. Oh, okay. Um, I, I also think it's awesome that those were college college players who did that. Anyways, um, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. Yeah, I'm sure it's on Disney+. a bunch of kids Plus. from the farm country of North Dakota and Minnesota. <laughs> right. <laughs> the upper you know, New England states. Just totally kids that did something amazing. Seriously. Um, okay, so speaking of amazing, we got to hear a really, really good story today. Um, we had Joe McCarthy, who's been in RGA with us, um, is going to pursue getting his PSAP certification uh, pretty soon here and um, is just, I mean, on top of being a business owner and a solid guy who's really good at pickleball, he has an amazing story of recovery. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of miracles, like the, the kind of thing you wouldn't expect in a person's life. If I think you could know Joe's early story and what he shares today about what he struggled with, you'd say that that's a life of someone who's probably going nowhere. And yet, he can look back at this track record of what he said today, you know, 28 years of sobriety from alcohol and just the ways that God created transformation in his life that he's now able to share yep. um, is a story that needs to be heard. And yeah. we need to remember that this is a, a miraculous work that God does in our life. And yeah. it's not always an instantaneous, you know, pray the magic prayer and everything got better, but of right. walking that road. And he talks about that in the story of staying on that road and continuing to pursue healing, whatever it takes. Yep. And I think he's just a huge encouragement. People are really going to be blessed by his story today. Totally. So a few things before we get to it. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, do it. We're on all the major platforms now, including Audible. Uh, if you can, give us a review. It helps people see the podcast. means a lot to us. Also, you can follow us on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Pure Desire PDMI, and we have full episodes now up on YouTube. Just search Pure Desire Ministries. And uh, as of right now, we are about a week away from the group's conference, the virtual Pure Desire Groups Conference. Well, and so there's probably no reason to really talk about it because I'm confident that every single person <laughs> listening who's in a group has already signed up. Oh, wait, there are probably a lot of them like me that do wait to the last minute. Okay. And if that's you, you've been thinking about it, you've been hemming and hawing, you're like, should I go? Like, just sign up for the virtual part. You, you've got a few weeks, you can watch the sessions. And it's always just like the podcast. I mean, I'm guessing people listen to the podcast because they're looking for that that bit of encouragement, that new idea, that thought that will help them take the next step. And I think that's what the group conference is, yes. you know, just multiply to another level. You're, you're going to get some encouragement, some insight, some things you haven't thought about, ways of uh, approaching your story or a loved one's. And we're just, we're here to, to see that encouragement happen. So if you haven't signed up, you've been sitting on the fence, like, just yes. do it already because yes. it's going to be good and we want you there and can't wait for you to be a part of the event with us. And this event will be live streamed. And if you can't join us on March 5th and 6th, you will have a couple weeks after the event to view the recording. So just register anyways. Just go to puredesire.org slash events and uh, find it there. 
Okay, here is our time with Joe McCarthy and his story of healing. Joe McCarthy, we've been trying to get you on the podcast for some time now. Like, I, I mean, I remember Rodney. I mean, we have this mutual friend who works for us, Rodney Wright, who is like, hey, you need to get Joe on the podcast. Hey, you need to get Joe on the podcast. I'm like, all right. So I've blocked Rodney, obviously, on text messages. <laughs> but we've been trying to get you up for a long time, but you're here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so, so happy to be here. Pure Desire has been a passion of mine for several years and a big part of my own journey. And we're excited to hear that journey. I mean, that's the whole point of this episode is to hear your story. Um, I know there's some overlap with Rodney and and what's going on in Idaho. And I know you've got just a, a powerful story. And we hope that these episodes where people share their stories is just a way that people can connect and understand that there are those who are maybe a little bit further down the road that have found success and freedom and are living in that health. So we're excited to hear about your story. I mean, absolutely. I mean, one of the first things you should know is I've been sober almost uh, 20, almost 28 years. Wow. So, you know, just like AA, I think those testimonies really serve a, a purpose. You know, I totally. always love to hear those testimonies in AA and, and, and how people came to sobriety. Why wouldn't you want to hear it about your sexual freedom as well? I mean, totally. it's very powerful. He's yeah. been sober since I was five, just yeah. putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, and that's a, a big deal. part of my journey. Big totally. Part of my yeah. Yeah. So Joe, before we dive into the questions, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Uh, where do you live? What do you do? Who do you do life with? Give us that snapshot of your bio. Oh, snapshot of the bio. Uh, you know, I live here in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Beautiful. Uh, I am married for, oh man, I'm going to get this wrong. Pop quiz. Uh, eight, 18 years, I think. Oh man. My, uh, I have two sons. One just turned 15 and the other one is 17. Uh, I own a small restaurant called Melts Extreme Grilled Cheese uh, is the tagline in, in, here in town. And I have a mobile truck that kind of goes along with that. Um, I mean, what else is there? I love pickleball. You guys know yes. that already. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a big part. Love recovery. Our family is a recovery type of family. My mm -hmm. wife has been a an RGA uh, on the women's side. She's led groups. Uh, she does Al-Anon. She works as an RN in chemical dependency. So wow. we are a recovery family. We speak the language. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And if you are ever passing through Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, look up Melts. It's worth your stop. You'll be glad you did. And you can say hi to Joe at his restaurant. Play pickleball with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll probably need an appointment for that. Totally. Uh, so Joe, to, to get into your story a little bit today, tell us about when did you realize that sexual brokenness was an issue? I mean, you talk about sobriety and I know alcoholism being part of your story in the past, but in the, the realm of sexual brokenness, when did you realize that was an issue and, and when did you start looking for help? Oh man. I mean, I think I first started realizing this wasn't uh, a normal, probably, uh, I want to say like 27 or so, like because I mean, basically, I mean, I have a fetish, so I have a smoking fetish. And so I don't know if you guys know that about me or have heard any of that part of my story. So, I mean, a fetish is, I mean, it's, it's like, that's my porn. That's my, my thing. So, you, you know, I started with that very, very early on. Uh, so you're aware of it, but you're not telling anybody. You're just going down that, you're in consuming it. So sexy women smoking uh, is my thing. And it's amazing how comfortably I can say that today. 
just because, um, I mean, it always made me feel so weird. Yeah. It still does a little tinge, but I'm pretty cozy with it now because yeah. it's just who I am. But yeah. yeah, 27 or so. And then I started to try to get some books on it. And I did like a little counseling on my own. Didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I right. told one the first person when I was like 28 about this fetish, this hidden thing in my life that yeah. I told nobody about uh, in my fifth step in AA. And I didn't, I don't think I really got serious about this stuff until I was about 42, 43, mm. something like that. And Matt Yetter, who you guys know, was a big part of that journey and kind of getting me on that path as we discussed things um, about our, our sexual and brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so as you started to, you know, face that, you say you told one person, what were some of the early hurdles that you had to face or to overcome uh, on that journey towards freedom? Um, I think uh, uh, shame, shame, the shame level. I mean, it just really kind of, uh, you know, saying that stuff out loud really makes you feel uh, like a freak, mm-hmm. like you're, um, you know, you're the only one. And so it's hard to even own any of it. And so with the, you know, when computers came up and I got my first computer, that was the first thing I Googled was, uh, sexy women smoking was like, I think one of the first things I put in, I can remember download, you know, getting the gateway computer out of the box and putting that in there. And, yep. and, uh, so that was a real, uh, it was bittersweet, right? Because mm-hmm. first of all, you realize you're not alone because I'm not the only guy with a smoking fetish. Cause now you start to see all these images and people and blogs and yada, yada stories, all kinds of stuff. So it's a little bittersweet, but I think I would say shame would be the biggest hurdle for sure. Um, just, you know, saying it out loud, telling anybody about it. That was, it's tough because it feels kind of like, what's, what would be attractive about that? Totally. I don't smoke. My wife doesn't smoke. Why would you find that attractive? Yeah. Well, and using a gateway computer was probably one of your early hurdles. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's that's true. Love, well, we've got this stuff today, right? It's so amazing because yeah. that's yeah. my struggle with internet pornography involved a gateway and the first, you know, teenage years in my life as well. So um, I I really appreciate the way you're expressing this, Joe, because I think for probably a majority of our listeners, there is some aspect of their story, and it may be totally different than yours, but some aspect of their story that makes them feel the same way. Yep. Why do I, why do I desire this? What's wrong with me? Is something twisted or broken? Dirty. And I I really think that's such a common element we see that we want to keep exposing that. So for you to verbalize the specifics of what yours are, I know for a lot of listeners, they're probably cringing thinking, I I could never get that detail to tell someone, here's the particular angle of my story that trips me up. But when we learn to, to see it for what it is and acknowledge it and and get through some of that shame, that's really where breakthrough can begin to happen. Exactly. I mean, you're giving me chills, Nick. I mean, that's <laughs> what's so cool about it, man. You break free and you have the freedom because it's like just part of who you are, accepting right. who you are. It's part of it's part of my own brokenness. It's what God's given me to deal with. And, I, and I'm dealing with it the best I can. And I'm sharing the story. And Absolutely. I want to be detailed. I think that's why I lo- that's what Rod likes about me is, is that I'm just going to be real about it. Yes. You know? yes. I don't always want to say pornography. I want to talk about the details, especially words like masturbation, you know, because that was yep. a big issue for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's a reason that phrase has become popular in recovery of the devil's in the details, that that it's in those details we really can figure out 
what's going on? Yeah. Why does that trigger us? Yeah. Why, and I hear Jay Stringer with that kind of, let's really look into our desires. Let's not just generalize like, oh, I struggle with attractive women. It's like, okay, well, no, how? Right. And what kind of a woman and when? Right. And because in those details, you start to piece together a story of, oh, this is where this comes from, which also then becomes the building blocks of this is what freedom is going to look like. Yep. Exactly. And I mean, Jay's been a little bit a part of that story too. I saw him at the Pure Desire Conference and now I'm buddies with Drew. We just played pickleball together down south. That's awesome. Yeah. So Drew's part of that. You know, he's got a little bit of a different twist than the Pure Desire in the sense of just kind of embracing it and walking through it. And I learned about him on your own podcast. Yeah. Drew, we're talking about Drew Boa. Good guy. Yeah, Drew Boa. Um, okay. So Joe, let's go to, you know, 27, 28, you start to realize this is an issue. You, uh, as you're saying, you're going through AA and you disclose this, this fetish, um, at that point, knowing that it's wrong, we obviously start to put some strategies in place. Okay. I gotta, you know, you talked about books a little bit, like how do I get more and more information to help myself here? Um, what were some of those strategies that you were trying to implement to create that sobriety, but actually didn't end up working? Um, there were a lot. I mean, you tell yourself so many different things that God created me this way. Those were things that I would say, but you got to remember that I wasn't a a Christian then. Hmm. So I hadn't, um, I hadn't been down that path, so to speak. I believed in God and I was using God in AA, but I was just kind of doing Joe. And so, but AA gave me enough tools to say, Hey, this is probably not a healthy thing that I'm doing. So, so, I mean, you tell yourselves uh, uh, so many different things. It's more about the control. You're trying to control it. You're like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. You know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to get online. I'm going to, you know, type in this stuff. And and of course, YouTube is all I really need uh, or any of those kinds of things. I'm not going to embrace it more. You know, you try all kinds of things telling yourself that this is fine. You would, uh, I would try to be sober and then, uh, have sex with my wife. And then, and then, and then I tried to be sober again because nobody wants to masturbate a lot of times and then try to have sex with their wife. And you just get into all kinds of crazy mind stuff with yourself, but you're not, I'm not talking to anybody then. So I'm not talking to anybody at 27, 28. Um, so it's, it's, it's challenging. Well, and yeah. you talked about too, the shame is why we don't tell people like even because saying I have a problem is one thing, but then saying I'm working on it, I think can also be another thing that I'm actually actively trying to stop this behavior where, you know, I think it's one thing. And this is, this has been my experience is that when you start telling people that you're working on it and doing recovery, there's accountability built in <laughs> where now that you said it out loud, people are like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Joe's going to work on this issue. And if they ask, then it's like, oh, okay, now I have to be honest or I either have to be honest about where I'm at or I need to lie about it. And so it's better to just not tell anybody because then I don't have to experience that interaction. Exactly. And I wasn't telling many people then. I mean, I finally told my, you know, my, my, my wife now, but it was, you know, that's when we started dating around the 29 and I wanted to make sure I was honest with her about this fetish before we got married. I knew that that, I don't know why. I mean, again, I, it wasn't people speaking into me about that stuff. It just felt like that was the moral thing to do. And so that was a hard conversation because it's like, uh, she going to accept me for who I am. And, you know, you know, and they, the kind of the California way, 
I don't, I don't I, maybe I'm throwing California under the bus, but <laughs> you know, the California way at that point is really, well, you know, her thought was, well, all right, well, maybe we should just try to embrace that. How do we incorporate that into our life? And mm. I was just like, you know what? I just know that this is not a path I need to continue. I'm already in deep enough. I'm not really telling her all that. Yeah. I'm not telling her all that. I'm just letting her know that this is probably not, we don't want to lean into it. Yeah. I don't think I want to yeah. go farther. Um, you know, uh, cause that's, you know, what a lot of couples will do, you know, they'll yeah. tell them, well, we'll just, we'll embrace it right. and we'll incorporate it in. How do we, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people listening, Joe, can relate to what you're saying about going through a season where you recognize some things in your life that you don't necessarily want there anymore, but you kind of get into a pattern of self-correction uh, and a lot of minimizing or rationalizing or embracing and like, well, I'll find a better way to do an unhealthy thing. And and yet so often, you know, the failures of that are what can bring us to a breakthrough moment or kind of that that aha where things start to click and we we really head in, into a new direction with our healing. And so what what does that look like for you and your story? What what kind of led to that breakthrough or that place where things really finally clicked and, and started to move you into a new direction towards freedom and health? Oh man, after you know several years of trying to you know un manage it, right? Yeah, yeah. Really just manage yeah. it. And there's a lot of different things you tell yourself as we've been discussing. Um, I started, um, you know, I started attending a small group at Matt Yetter's house um, uh, and he was actually my tenant and he invited me over and, and we started having a lot of discussions in the garage around sex, just open conversation, which I, I really enjoyed. I've always been a very open individual and he started to challenge me a little bit on some of the things and and I, I kept minimizing and then and then more and more I started going, uh, you know, getting involved in church and I started going to church. And then as you go to church, it's, it felt like uh, this is around. Yeah, I want to say 41, 42. Um, I start going to church and every time I'm in church and the pastor talks about sin. What do you think the first thing that pops up in my mind or that's, you know, yeah. the, the stuff that is hidden or they talk? I mean, almost every, it feels like almost every sermon they're bringing up something. Maybe you have something to bring to the Lord or whatever. Yeah. And inevitably every single time that was the thing that just blared from my mind that this is some unwanted stuff that you do not want in your life. So that started that real process of me really thinking, I gotta, I gotta really get after this thing. I gotta get after it. And, um, that was, uh, you know, there was a several events that occurred. I started going to a small group at, uh, at, at, um, the church in, uh, Post Falls, um, real life. And it wasn't pure desire, but there was a guy, uh, uh you know, him, you might know him, Nick. Uh, I, I can't remember his name. Uh, he even, he, he counseled with Ted. Ah, can't remember the name. <laughs> Anyways, he was a pure desire guy. Um, maybe it'll come to me. And it was really, <laughs> it was really a big, a big, Paul James. Is that right? Name ring any bell? Maybe not. Paul James. Not for me. It was back <laughs> in history with Ted. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Well, what, anyways, one weekend, Paul says, I'm going to a conference, a pure desire conference. And, uh, he says, I got, you know, a guy canceled. You want to go? And, and I was already kind of starting to go to groups and, uh, yep. he says, you want to go? And I, and my wife says, 
go for it. And so I jumped in and, and I went to a Pure Desire conference. Um, and that really was a huge shift for me to be amongst other men who struggled like I do and just had yeah. a whole weekend of open right. conversation. I didn't feel like I was an alien anymore. Yep. You know, I felt like I was normal at that conference. Right. And Ted, Dr. Ted was there and you know, I mean, great speakers. And that that was a big part of the journey. But I also did the uh, Celebrate Recovery um, in my other church. And again, to be the only guy in the room going, hey, I'm here because I'm, I'm struggling with uh, masturbation. I can totally remember 20 guys in the room. And I'm like, I want to I want to stop masturbating. And for me, that was that was a tough, tough thing. Um, yep. Because that group ended with like four guys, I think. But I mean, I, I, I didn't say it easy that day. I say it easy now to <laughs> however many listeners are going to listen to this. But, right. you know, I didn't say it easily then. I was like shaking visibly. Absolutely. Like, am I going to really say this word yes. and amongst <laughs> these, you know what I mean? Right. Um, Right. So can I write it out on the board or spell it out? I just not to say it. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's not it's an tough. easy thing. And, right. you know, celebrate recovery kind of started that. And that's where the, that's where I met Rod after that he was at that graduation and I didn't know him then. And that's where our journey began together, Rodney, mm-hmm. um, where I, 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 you know, I, I approached him right after the graduation. I said, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I, I had a little success, but I'm, I'm certainly not healed. I'm like, yeah. what are, what are we doing, you know, for this sex stuff in our, in our own church? Yeah. And I heard that Ted was speaking in Spokane. I said, would you go with me? <sighs> and so to, cool. to my surprise, he said, yes, I was blown <laughs> away again, very nervous talking to the pastor because he was having barbecues with God. Right. To <laughs> me, he, was the, he was the man. I mean, he was the guy I watched every week on stage. I didn't even know him then. So I was very, I was, I was very nervous. You could see my, my hand shaking and it was, it was a, it was a big moment for me when that weekend, that weekend occurred and Rod went with me to hear Ted and his wife speak on pure desire. And so that was a big breaking point. That uh, it's so cool to see where you're at now, to see where Rodney is now being on staff. He just goes around the country telling people about Pure Desire. And and I know uh, Ashley Jameson, if you've listened to the podcast, you know uh, Ashley and her story. She's on staff. Just how uh, you starting that conversation, as small as that was then, has created this trajectory. And so uh, I think we should like thank you for just being honest and for even bringing it to Rodney. It's amazing. It brings uh, total chills to my spine. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's been awesome to watch, you know, totally. all of it unfold yeah. with Ashley and Sarah. Yeah. Um, as Sarah well. Peters, right. Yep. Yep. Sarah yep. Peters and Rod to, to put in his notice and all the church, you know, <laughs> and all that. Uh, so, all right, let's keep going with your story though. I think um, as you go to these events you hear Ted, you're bringing Rodney around, and now you're starting to uh, really dive into the Pure Desire material and getting healthy and helping other people. In your experience, Joe, what are some key elements that you found to finding freedom from pornography, from sex addiction, from masturbation? Well, I, I, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is is just relationships, you know? I mean, just our huge key that, we, that you know, we can't do this alone. Um, there's no way you can do it alone. That's why I love what Rod always talks about the Trinity, you know, face to face, 
Um, it's, it's the same thing, you know, mutually indwelling. We, you know, we, we need each other. We need relationships. We need accountability. We need support. Um, so that was a huge, huge, huge part. And that's the number one thing I think that comes to my mind, but there were, of course, you know, many, many elements. I think what's important to say about my own story though, is, is that I wasn't a guy that was caught or had, right? Because I think a lot of people you find that's, that's, that's their nature. They were caught or they were had, and there's a, you know, there's a falling out of home and there's, you know, a a big blow up. And for me, it was just God prompting me to be a better father, husband, a better man. And that's what kind of, that's why I started to go. It wasn't like my wife telling me to go or any of those things. Yeah. I'm trying to think of maybe another element um, or two. Obviously, the you know the material uh, was great to dive into, unpack, um, and get into each and every exercise. I mean, I've I've led so many groups at this point, and been a, I mean, I mean, pure desire has been a literal part of my life now for like eight years, nine years. Yeah. Uh, every conference been to the conference seven times or it's been a huge part of the journey yeah and i've been able to bring it as well to foreign countries where i've actually brought the material your tapes and spoke in argentina and cuba with rod and india i spoke to 70 pastors about pure desire and they don't talk about that stuff there so yeah it's been a it's been a huge part um i mean it's I think no matter what happens, uh, you know, I've had, I had, you know, in the beginning I had periods of sobriety, sometimes long, sometimes short. And that's why I love that the podcast you guys do on lapse and relapse, you, you really realize, you know, this is just, if you lapse, you you just get right back up, man, you get up and you keep on the the road. Right. Um, And, and you, you continue to find your way. Uh, one way or another, that's what I can say that, you, you know, don't, don't give up, don't throw in the towel and say, this doesn't work. And, you know, no matter what, just stay on that path, keep digging, yep. keep getting after it, yep. keep leaning in. Um, those are some big elements for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you, you know, you talk about traveling to foreign countries, even and teaching on it, sharing your story you're on the podcast today. For so many people, Joe, this is a very private, personal, messy part of their life that they're like, well, yeah, maybe I'll deal with it for myself or for my marriage, but I, like, I'm not telling other people. I'm not going to work or my church and telling people. And yet here you are on the podcast. So what, what was that transition like in your life? How did you come to that point of feeling like, I need to share my story with others. I want to be open about this. What did God do in your life or what brought you to that point of just saying, I'm going to be open about this because that's part of my healing? Man, um, it's, I mean, it, it's been such a, you know, a secret in my life, such a hidden thing that you're not able, you know, to experience the kind of freedom and just in, in bringing that, that, that darkness into the light and being able to just verbalize it and say it with is so freeing it is just i mean it is it's so freeing to not have to have that all pent up anymore to just call it like it is i mean and 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 god just kept telling me all along this way you have to you have to share that with others you want to help other guys because i can't imagine 
I mean, there's so much brokenness in this world around sex, so yep. much, yep. so yep. much yep. in so many areas. And it's not just pornography, whether it's same sex attraction, bestiality, pedophilia. I mean, there, there's, there's like 250 fetishes. I mean, there is a lot of unwanted sexual behavior yep. and we need a place to get help, to get Amen. freedom. Freedom yeah. is really what I'm talking about here. Freedom. I, mean, <laughs> I love, we, we I get love so it. Tired. We get so tired of yes. cleaning up all this junk, right? We, we act out, we do things we don't want, and then we're always left to clean it up. I don't want to clean it up anymore. Mm. I mean, I want to go, what am I going to build next? Yeah. Where am I going now? What are we going to, you know, what's the next level, right? We don't, we spend so much time in that cycle, cleaning up our junk, yeah, cleaning yeah, up our junk. Yep. Stuck stuck right it's so much wasted energy like let's just put out the fire and move on to the next thing in our life to make us you know more christ-like to yeah. so we can stay on the journey i'm gonna i'm joe should you just take my job you should be the host <laughs> now and you should take over joe you're just it's pumped fire, man. man i love it i love it it's so good but i but this is what's so cool is like the first time that you shared your story it's, it is not easy. You're not pumped up. You don't give the details. You don't talk about the fetishes or what brokenness looks like in your life. But over time, it doesn't become easy. I don't think ever sharing the brokenness of your life becomes easy, but it does become easier along the way. And you start to normalize the conversation about the topics that you're bringing up. And that's what I love is that you have now worked really hard on your own recovery and are living in health. And now all you do is just like emanate that in the culture around you. You know what I mean? It takes 10 seconds of a conversation with you to hear the word masturbation and then also hear about your health, right? Like, yes. and that diminishes so much shame for so many people and just creates a new culture around you. And so, uh, yeah, which we love you. We're, we're pumped, but let's keep going. Okay. Let's keep going into your story. Um, part of recovery and the healing that we have, that freedom that we have is a changing of what our relationships look like. And so now that you're into recovery, what do your relationships look like? Your marriage, your friendships, uh, with your sons, what do those relationships look like now that they didn't back then? Um, well, I mean, as I've said, I mean, I've said for years, even starting with AA that, I mean, and this is what gets frustrating sometimes running groups and being a group leader is, is that it's like guys will put so many other things in front of their recovery hmm. and it yeah. just makes no sense to me. And this all started from AA, remember, right? This was another level of focus for me on my sexual sin. But it's like, why would you put anything in front of your recovery? I mean, you have to prioritize it. You have to make it number one. Then your relationship with God's going to get better. Your yep. relationship with your wife, yep. your kids. You guys have seen that. You, I mean, you can't deny that. Mm -hmm. If you give your all to your recovery, everything else gets better. And it has for me. That's why I'm still a married man. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful family, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing phenomenal. And I continue to go, well, what's next? Yep. And so I think that, that it's just like, why wouldn't you put it number one guys? So yeah, I'm going to your kid's soccer game. I'm not telling you that's not important, but why? I mean, we're talking about a two hour group a week, please, please make it a priority. And I would say that to any guys in a, in a seven pillars group right now, please make this a priority. Do your work, do your faster scale, give yourself minimum 20 minutes 
and and show up and participate be actively involved because right. it gets very frustrating to a guy who's given their time you know and 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 you got people that you know want to put this in front and this in front and not in front and you're like it's two hours a week people this is your recovery that's what i want i want to shake them <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it at times at times so i mean you know for me it, i do struggle with that sometimes in groups you know where come on guys let's get into this let's yeah let's give it to each yeah, other there's a lot at stake totally yeah that's that's what i hear you saying is when we prioritize our healing it's putting our health and really our family's health first and foremost. And it's, it's so true that like when those things are rightly aligned, when we're in good relationship with ourselves and God and our family, like we can face this world with just a totally different perspective because we've, we've really faced the priorities. I mean, using the faster scale language, like if, if we're walking in our priorities, mm -hmm. we're often living the kind of life we want to live. Yep. And so to, to make it top priority just makes sense because it does impact everything else. Right. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, relationships are, I mean, I love this word brutal. I heard a pastor do a thing. <laughs> I'm brutal. And, you know, if relationships really are hard and we know that being married's hard, uh, my relationships with my kids are hard at time, but we also need, our, we need each other so bad as well. Right. So yeah. they're brutal. They're, they're challenging us, but we need, we need each other. So they're just huge. So all the relationships are better, but it takes uh, never ending intentional work. Right. I mean, it's, it's, you gotta be, you gotta be in the game. I don't know what else to say about it. You gotta be in the game yep. intentional. Yep. Yeah. So talk a little bit. I mean, you've, you've mentioned leading groups, that sort of thing. Um, what has, by, by telling your story, being open with others, what kind of opportunities to minister to others has God given you in this area? And just tell us a little bit more about that and the opportunities you've had. Well, I mean, uh, you know, as I've said, I've been able to bring it to other countries, but I've also been able to go to college campuses mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just being, you know, Rod's one of my best friends and just being a part of Rodney's life, who's working now with you guys. And I mean, that, that guy will knock on a church door anywhere. We'll travel <laughs> anywhere and he will walk right up and he's just got that kind of personality yeah. that is all in. So just being a part of that mm -hmm. and, we're, it seems like we're always able to minister to others and to be part of that journey. But I mean, I continue to dive deeper in other online groups and uh, Craig Blanchett. I don't know. Does that name sound familiar to you guys? Mm -hmm. Craig Blanchett. Yeah. Again, I met him on a stage at a Pure Desire conference. He now lives in Coeur d'Alene and he uh, is a, a bit, he's big into this kind of ministry. Um, and, you know, uh, he, we, we talk and, you know, these, all these guys are in my life. So um, I've had a, a chance to do a lot of really cool little events, little breakouts, college campuses where you're able to just say it. And, um, and now I'm finding myself saying it more and more often, you know, mm -hmm. just this is part of what I do. And, you know, to the point where I'm signed up here now for the peace app coming up and uh, just being able to, you know, just put it out there. Cause yeah. I, I mean, there's just, I can't imagine living with the kind of stuff. I mean, I just have a fetish, which again, to me is kind of can be pretty mild when you're, when you're looking at some of the shame that some of these other things can create uh, around that. And I would really love to create a safe place for any guy. That's where the passion comes yep. from. Yep. 
um, for myself. Yeah. To really create a safe yeah. place for any guy struggling with, you know, if they're having fantasies of raping other women or violence mm-hmm. or, you know, some of these things carry such a high, high shame level. But I think if we're honest as a society, there's a larger amount of men that you'd be shocked. They say like 3% in the pedophilia range of men. That doesn't mean they're acting on it. They're just fantasizing. They're, and we don't know what happens with our sex stuff. It grows. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you look, Joe, what's going on in our world, whether it's the movies that are being produced, the, the things that are depicted in pornography, the video games that are coming out. I mean, I think everyone's aware there's a really dark, ugly side of our culture and sometimes as Christians, we're tempted to just kind of ignore that or bury our heads in the sand and think, oh, well, no one in the church is being impacted by that. And yet we live in this world. Men that come to church every Sunday live in this world where that may be the kind of movie, the kind of video game, the kind of pornography they're being exposed to. And it is creating pathways in the brain that that whether out of curiosity or a desire to replicate something they've seen is getting stuck there. And and what I think happens in churches when we don't acknowledge that we do, we only increase the shame because it's like, oh, it's not normal for me to feel these things. When really the places it's coming from, the media influences, the things we are exposed to, it's like, it's the same as anything else. And so if it's in our world, I guess what I'm getting at is we as Christ followers and as the church, we've got to have tools to combat it. We've got to have tools to say we can deal with this and overcome it because yeah, the world might throw out some garbage at us, but Jesus has a better plan and we can overcome it, but not until we face it. And so I love what you're saying about if you face your fetish, it's just the same as another guy maybe facing something in his life yep. that a little voice is telling him, oh, this is so horrific. No one in the church would ever understand when really the, the church is the perfect place to understand because we know the wickedness of evil. We know what sin does to people. And we should never be surprised that, that oh, man, your sinfulness took you over here, but it took me over there. Like It's all sinfulness and it's all ugly and it's all coming out of that place of brokenness and depravity. So. I love what you're saying, whether it's a certain fetish or issue, like it is what it is. And if we don't expose it, it's, it's not going to get better. Yep. What, no what gets better is, is bringing it into the light and being able to talk and find community and find healing. So just, you know, whatever I can do to say right on and, and keep going down that path, because what, what everyone struggles with, I think we're going to keep seeing it get increasingly diverse and, um, and we won't always understand even maybe mm-hmm. something someone's confessing to us of what they struggle with. It's like, man, I, I don't totally get that struggle, but I know what that feels like to, to feel like there's just something twisted in you. And, and the great news is God forgives and heals and we can deal with this together. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, that's, what's so great about pure desire. It's it, that that's what gives you the, the tools. And I mean, so often you'll hear the sermon on YouTube or a pastor or even in a book and they'll call out pornography. They'll say pornography or whatever in their sermons, but they don't follow up with, well, th- here's some tools that you have, you know, and here's yeah. some things you can do. It's yeah. just like, you know, you can, you know, you need to deal with that. Maybe get some counseling. They'll say kind of randomly or, right. You know, and it's like, no, wait, here's a Christian ministry that deals with this brokenness. How about you put it in place at your own church yeah. Yeah. and do something, you know? Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, we could riff off of that for a while, but um, <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I want to say this right now. We say that a lot where it might often seem like we're poking at the church, but in reality, we just see the potential that the church has to reach people in this area. And we love the church and that's why uh, we have conversations like that. But uh, Joe, what just, I mean, think, 
you know, think that maybe there's a guy who's listening to this um, or a woman who is listening to this who they're maybe on the front end of their recovery. Maybe they're in their first group. Maybe they are leading their first group. Just think of people who are in this recovery process. What encouragement would you give them on their journey? Um, uh, you know, I would say don't listen to that little voice that that tells you, you know, uh, to not to not say anything right to. Mm. To, to, to take that leap of faith that, that there's there's so much to be had on the other end if you can walk through a little bit of that uncomfortableness um again to to coin another rodney phrase you know uh, at least i don't and maybe it's not his because we all know <laughs> uh, healthy people seek help i love that one i yeah. reiterate that one often healthy people seek help and um and the church is is a hospital or it should be like a hospital um, hopefully this is an area where you can come and get help and that there's so much freedom to be had on the other end um, that, you know, it's like, what, just why wouldn't you? Why? I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, why wouldn't you take that first step and uh, be able to just start going down this path? And sometimes it's hard to find somebody else to talk to, but, you know, like Rodney and I did, we just started our own group. There were no other groups. We just went for it. And we didn't do it all perfect the first time. But I think yeah. that, you know, often that sometimes is is what all you have. Um, so, yeah. you know, don't just because you, you know, go on the Pure Desire website and you can't find something close. Don't 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 just say that's it. You know, there's yep. there's there's help out there, you know. Yep. Well, as I mean, Joe, you shared the process of healing is not a simple one <laughs> and it's not this like straight line that um, is, you know, do step one, two and three and you're good to go in six weeks. But um, what is evident listening to your story is that there's a lot at stake if we don't get healthy. Um, our own personal like view of ourself, our own personal purpose, mission in life, but then also uh, the relationships we have with our friends, with our spouses, with our kids. And, uh, and I just, I love it. You're just a go-getter. You're just going to run after it and you're going to be the first one through the wall. And um, honestly, Joe, we're honored to have you with us today. And we are excited that you just continue to build this culture where it's an okay thing to talk about and it's a good and courageous thing to run after it. So thanks for everything that you do and for being with us today. I really appreciate the time with you guys. I value you guys both as friends and I hope to see a lot more of both of you in the future. That's right. And wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for healing. If you or someone you know is impacted by sexual brokenness, go to puredesire.org and let's start the healing journey today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Each week we put out new content to help you on the road to freedom from the effects of sexual brokenness. And lastly, never stop being healthy. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Nothing about that felt triggering to me. The recovery plans are not just to set it and forget it. I feel when I get in that rut and I'm like, I feel like I need something. I start to actually feel shame about those behaviors. A number of years in my recovery, that was just an area of my life I had to eliminate. And I'm like, oh, now I have OCD. That's fun. Life is not the same anymore. That's appropriate. Asking mm -hmm. for help, but it's not appropriate just to expect them to do the work for you. 